But the we, we really intended when we were planning this series just to go the first two weeks and for Valentine's to be the end and then we were going to pick up something for the next couple of weeks and just teach you some great truths from God's Word. But as we looked at it, I just really felt in my heart that I would have shortchanged you because I believe that God is speaking through this series in such a powerful way and there's still some things that need to be said, because these are important principles that we have got to get right. Let me say that again. These are important principles that we've got to get right. If you could turn me down, I'm echoing a little bit up here. That would be great and appreciate that. And not someday, but today we need to get them right, because our marriages, our futures don't begin one day. They start right now. And I just want to call every one of you in this place today to a new standard. Can we just set a new standard for our life? Can we make a fresh commitment in our lives today just to say, I want to live your way, God, and not my way? Think how different our lives will be if we just say, God, I want to live by your way and not by my own way. And that's why today I want to talk about purity Purity, we kind of played with the word again to put the we in there, purity, or however you want to say it. Sounds French, doesn't it? Purity. And um, we're excited about what God is doing. But we want to talk about purity today, staying pure, staying pure. And purity is not just a decision, but it's one that needs to be maintained constantly. You don't just say, today I'm going to be pure. You've got to maintain that decision constantly, and that decision has to be maintained by you. Over this course of this month, we've been asking really the question, are great relationships possible? Is there even such a thing now as a great marriage? And the answer is yes, but it's not likely unless you're going to put the effort. So really, there's two answers to that question. Is a great relationship possible? Maybe or yes. Maybe or yes. Maybe with the possibility of no, there's a 50% chance, they say, that you're going to maybe make it in marriage. That's the stats today. Or it can be a yes. A yes, but it's only going to be a yes if, if, if you choose to follow God's word and you choose to follow God's way. You know, something I love so much about God is he is able He is able. The Bible tells us that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. My favorite scripture, or one of my favorite in the Bible, Ephesians 3.20. He's able to do infinitely more than we could even imagine. God is able. Say that with me. God is able. There's something even greater, I believe, than the ableness of God. Listen, it's the willingness of God. He's not just able, he's willing. 
It means he can do and he will do. He wants to do for your life. He wants your marriage to be blessed. He wants your future. He's not just out there talking about it. He has made the way fully possible for our lives. And I believe God desires a happy, fulfilled marriage greater than even we do. God wants your marriage, your life, your future to be greater than you even want for yourself. And we've got to step into that. And unfortunately for us, here's the gap. The gap falls right here. Knowing the right answer and the reality of living it out. We know the right answer. But the gap, the problem, so often is the reality of living that out. Two of the most um, quoted words that I hear when I counsel people or when I correct people around me, are not, I'm sorry. That would be good words to hear, I'm sorry. That would be good. I repent, that would be good words. I'm wrong, they would be great words. But you know the two most important or the most prevalent words that I hear is this, I know. Did you catch that? I know. I know. I know. Really what we're saying, of course, is this. I know what I'm doing. And most of the time we don't say it, but here's the thought. I don't want to change. Because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I like what I do. It, It satisfies me. It's about me. It's a me thing. Remember, it's not a me thing. It's a we thing. It's not an I thing. It's a God thing. It's we seek God first. But many people don't want to change. Very few, I found, know what they need to do or don't know that they need to change. Most people know exactly what they need to do, but they just don't want to change. They want to live the same way and to do the same things. Do you realize 75% of those in a marriage relationship are going to fall victim to wrong behavior and addictions in a marriage? 75% statistically proven such things as pornography, adultery, addiction, improper friendships, those things that are improper, 75% of marriages... And those engaged in those are going to find themselves in one or two of those situations. We said it earlier, 50% of marriages are failing all around us. We have got to see a change. Things have got to change. And who needs to change? We do. We do. Instead of pointing the finger, we need to change. And from the beginning of the series, the key factor of it all is this. God has to be first. We've got to seek Him first above everything else. So let's go on a journey today of purity. Can we look at what purity needs to look like in our lives? Turn with us to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. And we read these words. Marriage should be, marriage is honorable amongst all. And the bed undefiled, but the fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. The, new, or the NIV version says this, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Please note who he is referring to. It says marriage should be honoured, not by just those who are married. 
The Bible says marriage should be honoured by all, by everyone, those who are married, of course, but also those who are unmarried. So therefore, we need to understand the covenant of marriage, what marriage is about. It's there that we are allowed to engage in things that God permits within the boundaries of being married together. That's the honor of the marriage and of the home. But the Bible says we've got to honor that commitment and that communion wherever we are in a marriage or not in a marriage. And that requires action on our behalf. It's not just a vocal commitment. But we've got to live with actions. We see from that scripture that purity matters to God. We can excuse it in our lives in the society that we live today. But God says, I will judge those of you who will not honor what I say. Who will not obey. Who will not live by my words. In fact, we could put numerous scriptures on the screen when it comes to sexual immorality. And having sexual purity in our lives. Why? Because there are numerous scriptures, because God says a whole lot about that. And it's not because God is restrictive. Oh, God's just saying that because He just want, doesn't want us to have any fun. We know God, He's just out there to destroy our lives. He just wants us to be miserable. He wants us to have nothing. No, no, that could not be further from the truth. God speaks much about the subject of purity. And remaining pure for this reason, for the benefit of your life and your future. God's not trying to restrict you. He's trying to release you into the blessing that God has, that He has already provided for your life. We think it's a restriction, but look again. It's a blessing of protection that God has. I I thought about this illustration in our home with Kelly and I. We've got six beautiful children. We are so blessed. But there's a rule that we have in our home. And the rule, well, we have many rules, but one particular rule that we have in our home is this. Our kids won't date before they're 16 years of age. You're going quiet. Our kids won't date before they're 16 years of age. Can I tell you right now, trust me when we say that we have had to answer this why question many times. Why? Why, Dad? Why, Mum? Why? That's silly. Don't do that. In fact, I had to answer it on the ride home on Wednesday night. Why? What's the deal? And it can be hard when you're young to really see through your emotions, through your feelings, through your passion, through what other people are telling you, what other friends are allowed to do, what society is telling you. It can be tough as a child just to really begin to see the reason why. But the same answer we give to our kids every time, and that is this, we do it to protect you. Because you don't know what love is at that age. And you're giving your heart away and you're just wounding yourself and setting yourself up. You're not even prepared at 16, but hopefully we'll have some grasp on some things then. And don't get me wrong, they're not just allowed just to go out and do anything. That's still monitored at that age. But we say it's to protect you and keep you from unnecessary heart and pain. And here's the same response we get every time. That's silly. That's crazy. Hate that. No, that's not silly. That's love. Let me say that again. That's not silly. That's love. And that's God. What do I mean by that? God never 
asks you to do anything that will harm you. He sets things in motion, in place, that can be of the greatest benefit and bring the greatest reward for your life and future. Look around us today. We live in a society where purity has been forgotten. Is purity even a real thing anymore? It's expected and accepted so much what people do around, and people are even proud of it. They're talking about their accomplishments. They're talking about what they've done and and how they've been unfaithful. And it's this big topic of debate, and it's like, wow, you're awesome. That's what society is labeling today. Look at the temptations that are around us. Temptation today is greater than it's ever been before. Not necessarily because there's more temptation, but it's more readily available. It's more accessible. It used to be to sin, you had to leave your house to go and do it. But now you hold in your hand a device that can connect you to the whole world and can take you to so many places that you have no business to be. With a swipe of a screen or a click of a key, temptation is right there. Oh, but Pastor Philip, it's just a harmless online conversation. We're just talking about the weather. We're just talking. Can I remind you? What may start as pleasure back and forth rarely stops there. Here's what I want to call it. Are you ready? It's a slippery slope called sin. It's a slippery slope called sin. But listen, it's not Facebook's fault. It's not social media's fault. It's not Instagram's fault. It's not the internet's fault. We like to blame all those things. If we didn't have those things, life would be perfect. It's not a them fault. They just make it more readily available. I'm telling you what it is. It's a you fault. It's your fault. It's my fault for making the wrong choices and the decisions in my life. Listen to the scripture from Ephesians 5 and verse 3. Reading again today from the NIV version. It says this, But among you... There must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. In other words, this is improper, God says, for my kids. I don't want this for my children. This is not right for your life. Not even a hint. The word sexual immorality actually in the Greek is one word. And the one word in the Greek is this. Hmm, I wonder what English word we would get from that. It's the word pornography. Would come from sexual immorality. But we would, if we just label sexual immorality as just pornography, we are just getting one aspect of what God's word really says sexual immorality is. Because it's not just Pornography. Listen to me. If you were to look up in the Greek the word pornea, here's what you would see. Something very similar to this. The definition of it is this. Sex outside of marriage. Sex outside of marriage. Marriage, of course, being between one man and one woman. That's God-instituted marriage. Doesn't matter what the laws tell us today. That's still marriage to God. So it's sex outside of marriage. So that word, yes, it means pornography, but it also means lust. It also means homosexuality. It also means adultery. It means living together. It's our behaviors that are not right according to God's ideal. The Bible says our behaviors shouldn't even give the slightest impression. Not even a hint. 
that we are engaging in anything that is immoral and impure. And you know the reason today why so many relationships are painful today? And they're so tough breakups today? It's because people who are not married are doing things that married people only should do. I know this isn't popular today. I'm not worried about being popular. I just wanted to spare you from a lot of heartache and pain. Because doing things God's way has to be how we live. Impurity in our lives is like a poison. How foolish would it for us to be able to say this? Well, it's just a little bit of a poison. How much poison is too much? (laughs) Poison, period. Even a little is too much because you can't run the risk of taking on that because it's going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy your marriage. It's going to destroy your future. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 and 4 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, God's desire for your life, to set you apart, for you to be different. This is what he says, that you should abstain. This is God's will. This is God's plan. This is His design and ideal for your life. He wants you to abstain from sexual immorality. That's that word again. Things done outside of the confines of marriage. Doing things that are wrong. Pornography, adultery, the things that are not right. He says, my will is for you to abstain, to stay away from those. Verse 4, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel, your own body in sanctification and honor. The NIV says this, that each of you shall learn to control your own body. There's a control that we need to have. How do we control our body? I'm telling you right now, you don't control your body by following your feelings and desires. If you're following your feelings and desires, you're going to find yourself in the wrong place. But that's what the world tells you. The world says, oh, it's okay just to follow those feelings. It's okay to have those desires. We cannot follow our feelings and desires. We have to follow the truth of God's Word. So if we're going to control our body, look on the screen. This is what it means. To control your body means you've got to give Him the control of your body. It's a surrendered life over to God. I've got a scripture to back that up. Is that okay today? 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18 says this, Flee sexual immorality. Notice the wording. It's not just this casual kind of, well, maybe I'll just kind of, let me just see what it is. The Bible says, run for your life. Hightail it out of there. Don't even be close to it. Flee for your life. For every sin that a man does is outside of his body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Don't take a casual attitude to it. You know there's something out there that's called latent toxicity. Latent toxicity. Look it up for yourself. What is latent toxicity? Here it is. It's the ability of certain substances to become poisonous under certain conditions. It means in the right condition it's maybe okay. But there's a latent toxicity that put the wrong amount of heat 
put the wrong things around it, that which may be okay today can be destroyed tomorrow. Oh, we like to think, well, I'm getting away with it. Nothing's happening. I'm telling you, it's just a moment until things are going to start taking place in your life. Do not play with fire, the Bible says, because you are going to be burned. Verse 19, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Say that with me. You are not your own. Say that with me again. You are not your own. Listen to verse 20. For you have been bought with a price. What price? Jesus gave everything for you as he hung upon a cross and he cried out, it is finished. He bought you with a price and it says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Honor God. You are not your own. Glorify God in your body, which is who? It's God's. You are not your own. I want you to hear this today. You are not your own. Your body is not your own. So the decisions and the choices you're making with your body as a child of God, that's not your body to make the decisions and choices with. It's God. You are a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. You've got to start realizing this today. For what reason? It should change everything about your life. I know some of you right now are sitting there saying, this is stupid. This is my body. I can do with it whatever I want. Yeah, if you don't want to follow Christ. Yeah, you can do it if you don't want to follow Christ. If you want to follow Christ, you've got to accept the fact this ain't my body anymore. This is God's body. Now, someone who isn't a Christian, they maybe don't understand that. Maybe today you don't know Christ. You don't understand that. That's because they haven't given their lives over to Christ. But every one of us who are Christians, we have surrendered our lives over to Him. We came to Him And we gave Him our lives. We made a choice to say, God, I give my life to You. I surrender my life to You. We have given Him, meaning what? Every aspect of our life He now has. Now He wants everything that we do to be pleasing to Him. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people come forward for salvation and they just pray a prayer. God, I give you my life. It's more than words. Come on, let me say that again. It's more than words. If you're just praying a prayer, sorry, sweetheart, a prayer's not going to change you. It has to be more than just a prayer. It's a prayer that says, God, I surrender everything over to you. My life is not mine anymore. I give every part of my life. I make a true commitment to you. Now that doesn't make us perfect, but now he's here to help us. He wants to perfect us. He is perfecting us. You see, we've got it all wrong. Christianity isn't attending church. It's when we surrender our lives over to God completely, which includes our bodies. I'm going to say that again because only Pete said amen. Christianity is not just surrendering your life over to God. It's also including your body and everything about you. 
It's you. It's the package deal. And now you choose to make your decisions now based upon what not I think and say any longer, but what God's Word says. It's not my opinion any longer that matters. It's the truth. The Bible says it's the truth that will set me free. Not my opinion. It's the truth of God. And that's what makes us different from anyone else. As a child of God, that's what makes us different. We are not our own anymore. We've been bought with a price and now we are God's kids. Now it has to be God's way. It has to be His word and not my way. Because society will tell you everything's okay. Society will say as long as it's in moderation. God says no. God says no. You see, God's word is black or white. It's either yes or it's no. We like to make it the gray areas in between. And that's what society wants to make us feel. As long as you're okay, as long as you're in control, God says there should not even be a hint of impurity in your life. Flee from it. Not even a little bit of poison. Because a little is too much. So what will you decide today? I, I want to do an illustration today, and I hope this works out right. I'm kind of a little bit worried about this, to be honest with you. But I'm going to light a fire. We're going to build a fire in the church today. Is that okay? Everyone says, Pastor, you're kind of crazy. What's going on? We're going to have a fire in the church today. We're going to, what, what, you know, I, I like fires. Anyone like fires? Like burning up stuff? Well, as kids, it's like this thing, you know, you can take the magnifying glass out and you... You burn it up and you do all this kind of stuff. We're going to light a fire in the house today. Is that cool? We've got some gasoline. We've got some matches. And we have a fire extinguisher over there. Just in case. Okay? So thank you guys for helping me. So I'm just going to put a little bit of gas on the fire for us today. Because we're just going to take care of this. How many knows the greater the gas, the greater the explosion, the greater the burn? If you look up above you, there are sprinklers. We turned them off today um, for obvious reasons. And because if the smoke and when the smoke starts coming, so we're, we're going to be... How many, how many are really kind of worried right now that like pastor's lost his mind? He's kind of gone crazy. I'm kind of a little bit worried myself. I didn't even tell my wife about this because I know she would have talked to me. Let me just pull this back so I don't lose my notes and everything like that. I want to show you something today. Hold on a second. <laughs> Everyone loves a fire. I want to show you something today. The problem is not the fire. The problem is where I'm choosing to light it. It's not the fire's fault. It's where I'm choosing to light it. Because today, if I was to choose to do that, Aren't you glad that was water and not gasoline? What, what, what are you trying to say, Pastor Philip? I, I just want you to think about something really quick. You see, for years the church has said to people when it comes to sexuality, no, 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 don't, 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 stay away, don't dance, don't do this because it's going to lead to this. The world, the church's world has been no, 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 and almost made it something that is not right. But I want to tell you today, for so many years the church has got it wrong. Because that's not the message of the Bible. God created and gave us those passions and those desires and drives that we have inside of us. 
And you know why God gave them to us? Because he wanted to pour the gasoline on our lives and say, burn, baby. God wants you to have a fire that blazes. God wants you to love life and to be satisfied in every area of your life. But listen to me. Are you ready? If you don't hear anything else from this message, here's a good point. The passions are not the issue. The containment is. The passions aren't the problem. The fire's not the problem. It's the parameters. It's, it's the containment. It's where we choose to do it. Because if we were to light a fire in here, we would be in trouble. And we would say, oh, we can control it. We've got the fire extinguisher. What if we couldn't control it? What if all of a sudden it just went and then the carpet and then the chairs and just everything whoa, went? Oh, but I can control it. I've got the fire extinguisher. I've got it all contained. I've got, listen to me right now. The problem is that the passions are being placed in the wrong place. We're taking passions out of the restraints that God says on a marriage. That's where those passions can be fulfilled. And there's purity when you do things right. But when you take those passions and you put them in the wrong place, God tells us to stay away from pornea, sexual immorality, Now, God doesn't say we can't have those passions, but again, God says you've got to have those passions in the proper place, in marriage, in the home. God doesn't condemn you for even how you feel. He puts those feelings inside of you. But it's when we use them in the wrong place, we use them literally to rebel against God. And not follow his word, but follow our own selfish, sin-centered desires. To live with impurity, to live with the wrong things in our life, is to live in rebellion to God. I want to say that again, is to live in rebellion to God. Against whose truth and to believe the lies of the world. I've had people come up to me many times and say, Pastor Philip, I've got this real anger problem. Would you pray that God will take it away? I want you to know right now, I've never prayed that God would take someone's anger away. And you may say, well, why? Because it's just misguided passion. It's a passion that God's placed inside, but now we're using it in a rebellious way instead of a God-centered way. What if we had that same passion that we would get angry with our spouse, angry? What if we had that same passion to live for God? What if we had that same drive to serve God and to see his name be made great again? We wouldn't care who would hear or what. We would be shouting it from the rooftops. We would boldly be proclaiming it. You see, again, it's not the passions that's wrong. It's where we're choosing. Sex is not wrong. It's just the containment. It's just where it's exercised, where it's used, where it's performed. That's what makes it wrong when we're not honoring the marriage, the place that God has placed it to be. You see, purity is in two different ways. There's inward purity and there's outward. Inward purity is going into our hearts, what we think and what we feel. Outward is the things that we choose to do and the things that we choose to live by and, not, and don't do. And we've pretty much covered the outward part. But if you were to go over to England, it's pretty neat. If you were to go on the underground, as we call it, or the tube, you call it the underground, we, well, whatever it is, I get confused. What's English and what's American? It's the tube. We go on the tube. When you're going on the train on the underground, the London underground, they will say these words when the doors open and just before they'll close, they will say these words, mind the gap. 
Mind the gap. If you've ever seen the gap, it's probably about that big. There is no way that you could even put your foot in the gap. It's so small that you really couldn't be trapped by the gap. But you see, that's the lie of the enemy. Oh, it's only that small. It's only a little bit because you can play with the fire. You're going to be okay because you can contain it. Oh, it's going to be contained. It's going to be all right. No one knows about it. Your parents don't know. Those around, it's okay. You think you can, but you've got to watch for the smallest gaps in your life. Because they are the ones that will begin to grow and grow and grow. And pile up. Why? Because if you're getting away with it today, you're going to tell yourself, I can get away with more tomorrow. You've got to mind the gaps. What are those little things right now? You may say, well, they're not even really sin. Remember the Bible says we've got to lay aside the, the weights and the sins. Weights is the latent toxicity. That's things that can become a sin that are not a sin right now, but they can become a sin. Talking to someone on a computer is not a sin, but it can become a sin. If that's someone you have no business to be talking to. If you're married, you have no business to be talking to someone in that kind of way on a computer or through text. Oh, but it's just a little. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. What gaps need minding in your life? What little things? Because remember, God's word says not even a hint. You've got to know your weaknesses. You've got to identify the weaknesses of your Life. Why? Because remember this. Are you ready? You are just one decision away from losing it all. One decision away. I like what Chris Hodges said. He said this way. He said, listen. He said, you're one step away from stupid. Label it however you want. You're one step away from losing it all. I've got some homework for you all to do. Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. Read them when you get home. Read the chapters of 5, 6, and 7 because it talks so much about guarding yourself in those things from the adulteress, from those other areas and things. And it talks so much about those so many truths. But really, as you read through that, what you'll be reminded is this. You've got to shore up your defenses for those moments of weakness. You may be sitting here today and saying, pornography is no, no temptation to me. I've got no temptation to that, so it's no big deal. You've got to shore up your defenses, being what? Hey, if it's not an issue today, that's fine. You've got to make sure it's still not an issue tomorrow. You've got to watch what you're allowing. Watch the access. Watch what you're filling your mind with. Watch what you're putting in, because garbage in, it's going to become garbage out. You've got to block the ways of impurity. Close the gaps, because you are going to thank yourself later. Exercise godly wisdom. Put ownership on your life. Realize, I'm not my own. Am I honoring God with this? Because this is not my body. My body is His. You've got to live with no secrets. Kelly and I don't have secrets. A lot of people come up to me and say, I need to tell you something, but you can't tell anyone. Most of the time I'll say to them, well, sorry, don't tell me the secret then. It's not because I blab it out, but I don't keep secrets from my wife. Why? Because it's not a healthy thing. Because you may start with this and it's okay here, but then it grows and grows and grows. And then it becomes more and more and more because we've got to mind the gaps. I've got no passcodes that Kelly doesn't know. Most of my stuff doesn't even really have passcodes anyway. 
My passcode is pretty much the same on everything I have. And Kelly knows all those things just like I do. My phone is not off limits to her. I don't have my phone in my pocket all the time. And when it goes off, I'm not like hiding it. I can at any time say to Kelly, answer my phone, babe. Can you check my text? What did someone say? Because why? We've got to mind the gaps. Have accountability in your life. I, I surround myself. I have accountability. I set the, I don't counsel women on my own. It's not because I have a problem with women. I, I, I want to mind the gaps. I want to set. I'm not tempted with those things, but there could be moments of weakness that we all go, don't look at me crazy. Because today we don't have that problem, but there's a whole lot of problems that are waiting for us outside of these doors that today, like Pete said, in this environment, we're like feeling like we're indefeatable, that we're like, boom. But man, we go home and that computer screen is staring right at us. That message box is popping with that person that we've got no business to be talking to. We've got to mind the gaps. Got to look at our outward behavior from God's perspective. I've got to close this. But outward is what people see. But inward is between you and God. What's going on inside of your heart? The stuff that only God knows about. Are you ready? Here's the secret to it all. The secret to maintaining the outward to making sure the fires have been lit in the right parameters, in the right place. The secret to maintaining the outward is what? To build the inward. To strengthen the inward. As great as having accountability in your life, and I believe you should have it. As great as having no secrets and, and setting locks on your computer and not allowing yourself to have access and passcode. And it, as exciting, as important as all those things are, there is nothing greater than a relationship with God. Nothing greater. God's relationship with you trumps anything else every time. You've got to allow God to transform your heart. You've got to allow your relationship with God to be the thermometer. I want to say it this way, not the thermometer. I said that wrong, the thermostat. Because a thermometer changes in whatever condition it's at. If you're around people at work that don't have as high morals and standards as you, then you're going to adapt to them if you're a thermometer. But when you're a thermostat, what happens? You change the temperature of wherever you step into. If it's hot, you're making it cool. If it's cool, you can bring heat. You got it, baby. That's our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is, the th- is a thermostat that's going to con- determine if we're right where we need to be with God, we're going to treat our spouse right. I didn't get enough amens. I'm going to say that again. If our relationship with God is hot and where it needs to be, we're going to treat others around us in the right way. We're going to treat our spouse right. We're going to treat our employees right. We're going to treat our finances right. We're going to treat all the areas of our life right. Because when our life is right with God, everything is going to be right. You ask yourself when your greatest problems are. The greatest problems of your life is when you choose not to be in church. When you choose not to read His Word and you choose not to pray. Oh, I can do without church for a couple of weeks. Mind the gap. You maybe can, but maybe you can't. I know I didn't need to be in the house. If I wasn't the pastor, I'd still be in the house. Because I need the word of God and the instruction of God. One last scripture today, Psalms 119, 9 through 11. David tells us, he says, How can a young man or woman, how can we as people cleanse our ways? 
How can we be pure? How can we have purity in our lives? Here's what he's saying. And I believe he gives us three great ways that we can be pure in our lives. He says, by taking heed according to your words. He goes on to say, with my whole heart I have sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Verse 11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Three quick things. I know I need to close. Three quick things. Number one, live according to God's word. Live according to God's word. Let his word determine and set the boundaries for your life. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. Your heart will set the course of your life. Give your heart to Christ. Above everything else, one translation says, keep your heart. What did David said? I have hidden your word in my heart. I haven't put it away so secret that I can't even find it. You know what it's like to put something away safe and you can't find it. And then next year you find it, you're like, oh, there it is. That's not what we're talking about, hiding it so deep. It's placing it right there that it will be the focal point. It's the treasure. What we hide away is that which we treasure the most. Let God's word be the treasure in our hearts. Know what God's word says. You've got to know his word. I'm telling you, when we asked everyone in this church to take the Bible reading challenge with us this year to read the Bible through together, we weren't just doing it so you could have an accomplishment and say, wow, I read through the Bible. We did it for this reason, because it's life to your future. It's hope for your future. You need to know what God's word says and it's not too late. Jump on the challenge. Start today. There's no greater day than right now to begin. I know Leviticus is kind of tough. Who's kind of struggling a little bit with Leviticus? Keep going. But here's what I remind myself when I read Leviticus. Are you ready? Two things. Number one, sin is gross. Sin is tough because all the sacrifices and the blood had to be thrown here and everything. That to me shows how, how vulgar and how detestable sin is and how God appears. Because I'm thinking blood everywhere, gross. That's what God thinks when he sees the sin in our life. And the second point is this. Have you noticed all the details? We serve a detailed God. That means what? The little things even matter to God. You've got to mind the gap. And I'm thankful he's a detailed God. I said, I'm thankful he's a detailed God because because of his detail, he doesn't forget you and me. And he knows where we're at. Point number two, you've got to live by God's standard. The church, the world, our lives, we live by the world standard. If it says it on MTV, that's good enough for us. If it says it on the internet, it's good enough. It's the truth. It's no, no, there's only one truth in this world, and that's God's truth, God's standard. You've got to desire His standard. You've got to love it. You've got to live by it. It's unpopular in our culture, but you've got to choose. Remember at the beginning, I said, let's make a fresh commitment to live by God's word. You've got to choose to live by His standard. This may be a mouthful, but stay with me. I heard this this week. He's not your God if he can say something you don't agree with, so you don't do it. But he's your God when he says something you don't agree with, but you do it anyway, because he's God. I want to say that one more time. Are you ready? He's not your God if he says something you don't agree with, so you just don't do it. 
But he's your God when he says something that you don't agree with, but you do it anyway. Why? Because after all, he is God. God has the exclusive rights to determine what the standards and parameters are for my life. And that's why he's God and I am not. If you notice the conversations today, well, what's the Bible? What's your opinion about this? We've got too many opinions. Look at your name and say, we've got too many opinions. Too many. Uh, the bottom line is this. I don't have an opinion. As a child of God, I don't have an opinion. As a child of God, I shouldn't have an opinion because it's not what I think, it's what His Word says. I don't care what you may think about what marriage is. God says it's between one man and one woman. I don't care what the world's opinion is. You can sleep around and test drive your car before you take it off the showroom. I don't care what the world says. God says flee sexual immorality. And that's pornography, adultery. It's everything outside of marriage and the things that you should... And we shouldn't have, of course, pornography and adultery in marriage. He said it. Stop having an opinion. And live by him. David said it this way. I don't want to stray away from your commands. In other words, David would say, help me to know what you value, God. And may that be the value of my life. May that be the standard. Point number three. You've got to seek with all your heart. Not just a part. Everything. You are not your own. You are God's. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. Sin doesn't start on the outside. It begins in the heart. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It begins with the character flaws of our life. Listen to this statement. Seeds are planted way before they bloom way before they bloom. We heard in our marriage conference yesterday, you can't blame your spouse or those around you. Well, you just pushed the wrong buttons. No, those buttons just revealed your character flaws. Don't blame someone else for the failures of your own life. We don't need to work on our relationships. We need to work on us. Because when I say we're working on our relationships, I'm, I'm talking about things I don't have control. I don't have control over Kelly. And her life, but I have control over my life and what I choose to do. So we say we're working on our relationship. No, I'm working on my relationship. And when my relationship is right, our relationship will be where it is. You've got to change your behavior. We've got to live pure. You've got to ask yourself. Here's two great things to ask yourself when it comes to living pure and having purity in your life. Ask yourself this. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Because the price that you'll end up paying for the pleasure that you'll gain is not even comparable. Second question is this, is it going to be worth it? I'm telling you right now, anything that's impure and immoral, it won't be worth it and it will never be worth it. The answer is always going to be no. Just bow your heads. Can you just keep the CD rolling? Just keep it rolling because I want... I want this to get on the CD, please. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, today I believe there's three reactions that are taking place in people's hearts right now. 
The first reaction is a defensive reaction. Well, I'm not that bad. I can handle it. I've got it under control. You know what that reaction is? A defensive? That's really rebellion. The second reaction we can have is remorse. Yeah, you're right. I am helpless and I'm hopeless. There's, there's no hope for me. You've got to be careful with that because there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation says you're a sinner and you're stuck in that. But conviction says, yes, you're a sinner, but there's a way out. And that way out is Christ. And then the third reaction that we can have today is repentance. That God, you're right. Your way is true. Your way is honorable. Your way is right. So are you being defensive, remorseful, or are you being repentant? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. How many people would, would just say today, you know what, Pastor, thank you so much for that message. I, I needed to hear that today. Come on, put your hands up all over this place. Fantastic. You can put your hand down. Just need to get it right because I've got to flee from these things because I've got to mind the gaps. Because this is real stuff that needs to be handled and taken care of. Because if it's not, I'm going to be in trouble. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartsea's Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.